All right, Flip, tell me right here at the top of the show, and I can't believe I'm saying this in April, but we could all exhale a little bit, right? Yes, a little bit. Right? They, the Yankees win three out of four in Cleveland. Now I think they sit three back in the loss column from the Sox. I think it's uh, time to breathe easy. Well, you could breathe a little easier. I mean, for sure. I mean, because, uh, look, at the end of the day, the Yankees will be standing tall. I mean, the Yankees will go have deep in October written on them. They still could go deep into October, okay? It's it's a it's not the kind of start you want to have. They've they've struggled for sure. I mean, the they've not hit. The defense hasn't really been there. Uh, starting pitching has been inconsistent. Bullpen's been good, you know. So, uh, but they certainly have had some struggles. There's no doubt. And uh, but they're starting to right the ship. I mean, the games in Cleveland, the Yankees look better. Uh, you know, and you've got uh, you've got Baltimore now and Detroit on the schedule. You know, they're they're not two of the two of the elite teams in the American League. So the Yankees should, you know, should make hay there. If the Yankees go five and two um, between on those seven games, that would put them at 500. You really can't have a discussion about anything till you're at 500. So let the Yankees get to 500. Then we can start talking about how they're going to slot and where they're going to be. It's, it's still such a long, long season. And we've all seen it. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Teams that start really well. It's come June, maybe they're in last place. Teams that start really poorly a lot of times, they just start slowly, but then come around June or June, July, they, they write the ship and they, they they slot where they go to slot. So I wouldn't I wouldn't make too much of a, a great start or too much of a bad start. The reality is, especially if you have a you don't have a really good start, the Yankees have not started well. Um, the Yankees have work to do, but it's it's not it's not a reason to panic. It really isn't. Uh, talking about starting well, I think everybody had the Red Sox more toward the bottom of the division, and they're fourteen and nine sitting in first place. You're right. Yeah, they're fourteen and nine, but at one point they were like you know about ten and three. I mean, so you know, yeah, they got off to a, they got off to a really good start. They're still off to a good start. It's a surprising start. I don't know anybody that would have pegged them to have a good, really good start because if you look at the you go player for player on that team, you know they're in a rebuild. There's no question they're in a rebuild. So for them to have got the effort that they're getting and the results they're getting is, is you know, is, is nice. It's, it's a nice start for the Red Sox. And it's actually good. Yankees Red Sox is always good. It's good for baseball. It's good for business. You know, people want to see, they love that rivalry. And it's great when, you know, when the Yankees hopefully can write their ship uh, in time to, you know, meet the Sox and they can have some fun. Right. And J.D. Martinez playing unworldly right now. And you don't think there's no way he can keep this up the whole season. Um I'm not saying he's not talented, but he's batting 370, already has seven home runs, leads the league with a tie of like seven other players, I think. Yeah. Um, so that surprised me a little bit. And uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, he's pitching unworldly. So that's that can't keep up. Um, but this isn't a Red Sox podcast. No, but what that's surprised- one of the reasons that they're having a good year is because of Eduardo Perez is pitching, is pitching Chris Sale, like Chris Sale-like. I mean, he's been terrific. But Chris Sale is right. He's pitching like that on that level. So he's pitching great. And J.D. Martinez is a terrific baseball player. I mean, anyone doesn't know, doesn't, says J.D. Martinez, it's not a fluke. He's a really terrific player. Now, is he going to hit 75 home runs? I don't think so. But but he is a, he's a really good player, and he's off to a good start. And they needed that. Look, when you're going to win, you got to get help from expected places and, more importantly, unexpected places. You know, Eduardo Perez is a bit of an unexpected place. You know, he's a good pitcher, always has been. But but now he seems like he's really coming into his own. He's really developing now. So that's that's listen. That's for the reason they are where they are. There's other reasons, but at the end of the day, it's good for business. And and you want to see that you want you really want to see that Yankee Red Sox rivalry thrive, continue to thrive because it means a lot to the game. 
Speaking of J.D. Martinez mashing home runs, I, I stumbled upon a stat today. Uh-huh. Uh, on this day, and I'll tell you where I got it, Jeff Quagliata. Let's give him credit. He's our Best research manager. He's one of our heads yeah. of research area. On this day in 1961, this day being April 26th is when we record this. Mm-hmm. 11 games into the season, mm-hmm. Roger Maris hit what number home run of the 1961 season? You know, I know he didn't get off to a great start, if I remember correctly. I mean, I'm, I'm putting it out there, putting my, my neck out here. I'm going to say he hit his second home run of the year. His first home run of the season. Okay. I knew 11 games in. I remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's crazy to me. And it's relevant to what we're talking about now, right? You could get right. off to a slow start. He batted 161 at the time. 161 and 61, which is now 60 years ago. So it's the 60th anniversary of 61. I mean, That's I was crazy. very much into my 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 uh, my erstwhile youth. I was like ten years old because I was born. Erstwhile, erstwhile, because my youth no longer exists. My youth is my youth. <laughs> I remember the youth from my, cousin, you. remember my two youths. Uh, so my youth is like escaped me. You know, as I'm I'm an old gentleman now, and uh, you know, I'm like a senior person, and I uh, and you know, I I like that kind of status. I appreciate it, but. You know, we don't stay young forever. And you, but what you do gain is a lot of wisdom and you gain a lot of experience and hopefully it serves you well for your life. Are we done with philosophy here? Come on, let's talk about some 21 baseball. games. In- <laughs> yeah, start with 21. Roger, Roger Maris. Now we're talking about the philosophy of life. We'll talk about quite the Himalayas next. What do we do? We'll well, do I didn't thing. ask you about the philosophy of life. I mean, you, you just morphed into like, you know, we went very philosophical here, you know? What are we I, talking about? I had this nothing to do with that. Mrs. Mrs. I Garth? said this has something to do with this current season because not a lot of players are off to great starts, similar to Roger Maris. Corresponding parts of congruent triangles are equal. I learned that from Mrs. Gart in Abraham Lincoln High School. That's the only thing I got out of my geometry class. They did that in how to build a pyramid, of which I'm still sort of lacking some of the foundation fundamentals. So I can't really build a pyramid. But geometrically speaking, I'm solid. We can move now. I have nothing to do with that. Uh, I cannot get blamed for that. I would like to ask you, (laughs) 21 games into this baseball season, Yes. who on the Yankees has surprised you so far? Uh, Not surprised, but I'm really, really very impressed with Loisica. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had the stuff. Now he seems like he's putting it all together. He he is a weapon. He is a weapon at that pen. He really is. And... uh, that's that's that, that has honestly surprised me. Let's just say that that uh, that gave me pause and made me feel as a Yankee person made me feel good. Makes you feel good. You know who surprised me? Yeah. Um, here I'm looking up Loisaga's stats as you talk. Nine games, a one three five ERA in thirteen point one innings. That's Loisaga. That's yeah. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yes, I'd say that's very impressive. Um, from from my standpoint, you know. Clint Frazier's really surprised me. Um, I thought once they handed him that starting position, he'd come out hot, hot. Um, he has not, obviously. I think he's won for his last 18. Um, he's playing great defense. Did you see that catch on Sunday? Crickets? Uh, yeah, anything. I saw it. I did. Can't get anything out of you. <laughs> All right. I, I, look, I, I, 
Uh, I mean, I, I know you keep telling me these kids defense, but he's not a defensive player. I'm sorry. I mean, he does, we could do this till the cows come home. He's just not a defensive player. Uh, yes, he makes some catches. And look, I'm not, look, that's not why he's there. I mean, he always do his play respectable outfield. He's got to hit. I mean, he's got the capability. He's got great bat speed. I mean, this is his opportunity to hit. I mean, he said, how many bats has he had? Like 50 at bats? How many at bats? I would tell you now, uh, 48 at bats. Okay, so it sounds like a Woody quote, like Woody. If I'd say to Woody, Fryman works for us. So Woody, like, is that like 50 at bats? And you know, 48. Is that close to 50? It's kind of like 50. It's close to it. Anyway, that's for another day. All right. All right so it's 48 at bats. Okay, so 48 at bats. How many runs batted? One. 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 Okay, so that's that's your surprising start or your good start at Wego. No, I'm sorry. I didn't say good. I, I'm surprised by it because I thought when they handed him the but job, he was going to come out. Yes, yeah, well, I thought he was going to. He hasn't, he hasn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He hasn't overwhelmed the world on fire. Yeah, no, he hasn't. But but he's got the potential. Listen, you, you know what he could do offensively because he's already done it. You know he can hit the ball. You know he's got great bat speed, and you know he's he's. What I like about him is he's grown up a lot. He's grown up an awful lot, and I think that will serve him well in the long run. I think he needed to grow up in so many respects. I think he has. I think he's he's much better in the clubhouse. I think he's starting to to you know grow up and and, and keep things in perspective. And I, I, that part of him I really like. And I love his bat speed. I mean, I think he's a, he's a solid major league player. He's, he's having some struggles. He's not obviously he's not hitting, and his and his defense is to to me is somewhat questionable. But but I do think that he's got the potential to 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 carry the day. And it's not it's not enough. The, what the Yankees shouldn't do is they should not pull him. They should give him a chance to play more because I think if he gets a chance to play more and he starts to feel really at home because the Yankees are backing him and feel confident in his ability, I think he could flourish. Right now he hasn't, but that doesn't mean that he won't. Kevin Sullivan, hot take here. He is going to crush it in Baltimore this series coming up because he crushes the ball there. See, that's your team, the Orioles. So, I mean, (laughs) this is going to be great. So we got Clint Frazier trying to prove himself against the team that is your, without without question, the team that you support more than any other team in baseball is the Baltimore Orioles. Judging by your comments over the years as to to um, uh, their, uh, their standing in the baseball community in terms of their overall talent. So that's your team is the Orioles. So I'm going to go with that. So, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. so on the record, though, longtime yes. listeners know you're joking. New listeners do not. Am I? Am I? Oh, yeah. All I said was last year, I thought they were going to make the postseason because they got off to a hot start. It was a 60-game yeah, season. Say? What did I say? And you said they wouldn't, and they didn't. Wait a minute. I, I went further than that. I said, that not only will they won't, they're going to be in last place. Where they finish? I don't know. Last place. So, Clint Frazier in Baltimore, 13 right. games. Yes. 326 batting average. Yes. In 13 games, he has seven home runs and 15 RBIs. He likes that ballpark. He's going to have a huge series. It's a huge short series. left field. He pulls the ball. He likes it. He likes left. He likes that park. And he likes their pitching. Let's face it. Somebody has to throw the ball. He likes a lot of teams like the Oriole pitching. They like to face their pitching. So listen, that's good. I mean, Torres too. Torres, I mean, how, about, how about numbers? How about Torres's numbers against the Orioles? We had 10 home runs two years ago against Yeah. Them? Yeah, Gary ridiculous. Thorne's the best. But that is ridiculous to have those numbers. So you're right. I mean, to what Frazier's done and what Torres has also done, it's time for Torres to sort of wake up too. We need him to hit as well. Yankees need him. They really yeah. need him Torres. He's, he hasn't lit it up either. But, you know, look, that's why this, their start has not been great because they just, they just, honestly, the starting pitching has been somewhat questionable. 
although Cole is magnificent. Cole is as good as it gets. It doesn't get better than Garrett Cole. It just doesn't. And and Montgomery says pitch as pitch very credibly. I, I like I like him. He goes out there. He competes. He plays hard. I think he's well. You know, Tyone and 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 and, uh, and Kluber have struggled. They struggled in the sense that they just don't give you the innings. You, you need innings from them. You need quality innings from them. You got to get that because if you don't get that, you start going to your bullpen. You burn out your bullpen, and everything in the game is connected. It's connected tissue. Okay, it's every part of the game is connected to to every other part. When when the starting pitching isn't there, the bullpen has to bail it out, and the bullpen can only bail it out so many times in three, four. It starts to feel the fatigue of it all. I mean, I like the way they handle the bullpen. I like the way Green handles. Uh, I like the way Boone handles the uh, the bullpen. I do very much because he's not always relying on the same guys. He kind of mixes and matches and breaks it up, so it's not always the same guys every day. But the truth of the matter is, they got to get when Cole goes, it's great because you know he's going to give you seven innings at least. He can probably give you 14 innings if you needed it. I mean, he is the epitome of a great pitcher. Okay, he just is. But they, but the Yankees need, need things beyond him if they're going to go deep into October. I'm glad you brought up Cole. Three and one, 1.71, 0.726 whip leads the American League. Now, here's the stat, though. You ready? Yeah. 50 strikeouts, three walks. I'd say he's got, the, he's got great control <laughs> at great command. He's got control and command, but, so, but, but to have the strikeouts. Yeah, this was on the broadcast the other day. Make That makes him the first pitcher in Yankees history with 50-plus Ks and five or fewer walks in a five-game span. The Yankees have had a lot of great pitching. That makes him the first. Yeah, like Whitey Ford, you know, was <laughs> was great. Jack yeah. Chesborough, are we going to do that? Scott Kamenecki. Sorry. Scott Kamenecki. Um, <laughs> I like Scott. I knew, I knew Scott. I like Scott. That's yeah, 20. I don't know why I pulled him out. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how talk about 28s from one of the shows. 28? Oh, he wore 28. Do you know the other one? Yeah. Yeah. Al Leiter? Al Leiter. Another question. I snuck on Neil some of the answers. Oh, yeah, that was that. <laughs> well, I text him sometimes. I try to help him. Uh, Once in a while. Yeah, because that doesn't – well, never mind. Oh, how it's important – Trivia questions. That's all it is. It's fun. Yeah. All right, in all I really seriousness. That. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. This is, Gary, what are they gonna do? Yell at me? It's fine, yell at me. Well, how are they gonna I'll yell at you? Call on one of the trivia questions one time. Guilty. Next, Gary Cole. Yes. How important is he to this team? Easy question, right? Well, they 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 they're going nowhere without him. You can't win without a pitcher of that caliber. You need an ace. Every team needs an ace. See, Yankees had Severino who pitched really well for them until he got hurt and he's battling his way back down and should be back well, July is what we understand. That would be great for the Yankees, but right without him and they don't have Cole, where's your ace? You, every team that's credible, at least credible has to have an ace. Somebody who could a, not only win for you, but what winning does is not only gives you a win. It stops the momentum of losing streaks. Okay. That, the, that's what great starting pitching does, or at least an ace does. And the Yankees potentially have two aces at least. You know, when you start to think Severino possibly comes back to Biz Severino to go with Cole, I mean, how great Cole is. Yankees, that Yankees top could be really, really strong. And if one of the kids could come through, one of the kids, you know, Garcia could come through, Schmidt could come through, you know, King, uh, King could come through. You know, the, the Yankees could, you know, could potentially have, you know, remember, help from unexpected places. If one of those kids could punch through and be really good, Severino comes back, you got Cole, but yeah, all of a sudden the Yankees are in a whole different position than they are right now. A whole different conversation. Because that starting pitching would be able to monopolize. We dominate. Yes, what you need is dominating starting pitching. 
King, by yeah. the way, zero runs in nine innings. But go back to Cole King, Michael King, zero yeah, runs. Pitching really well. He didn't, he didn't have a great spring training either. No. But no. see, um, about Herman did. Well, Herman has been more on the alternate site, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but so, back to Cole. For me, it's more than just the field. And you look what he does with his teammates, right? Or the media. Yeah. Yes. Or look at just Saturday, right? Yes. Even yes. when he's not in the game and he's already out of the game, by the way, Saturday was as advertised. Him versus Bieber was amazing. But he's out of the game and he's in the dugout looking at scouting reports, talking to Higashioka, talking to Matt Blake, and he's not even playing anymore. Like that's the kind of thing that someone like a Davey Garcia can see. And so he could take it with him, right? Like there's more important things to call, I think, than just on field. Well, there's more things to call, not more important things, but there's more things to call than just his, his dominant heart as a great pitcher is that he contributes to the team in every way possible. He's like a coach. He was an unofficial coach. He's a player coach. Okay. I like, I that. like that. When's the last player coach? Was Pete Rose the last? I suppose. Probably. Probably. Yeah. They should do that more often. Or less. <laughs> All right, sticking with pitching. I want to get your take yeah. on the Madison Bumgarner seven-inning no-hitter. And let me put it into context for you. Uh, Sunday, it was the Diamondbacks and the Braves playing a double hit, double header, which means both games are now seven innings. Madison Bumgarner held the Braves to zero hits in a 7-0 victory. But baseball says that's not a no-hitter. What's your take on that? I'm sorry. It's a no hitter. Thank it, you. The, the, look, it, does the game count? Yes or no? Yes. All right. right? So like, of course it does. It counts. It's a seven inning game. It's it's not Madison Bumgarner's fault that the baseball decided to make a nine inning game into a seven inning game. Okay. And you want to play how many regular season games that are nine innings and how many that are seven innings? It depends, I guess, on rainouts and makeups or whatever. These double headers, that's how they'll make them up in the form of Sunday doubleheaders, a lot of them will be made up like that. If you lose a game, okay, I get it. I understand that. So why wouldn't you count that? Why don't you count that and give it the same respect that you do a nine-inning game? Well, it's two innings less. Duh, I got that part of it. I understand it's two innings less. I totally understand that. But it, but the merit of what they was accomplished in the seven innings, the integrity of that game was that it was seven innings. That was going to be the game. It was announced beforehand. Everybody knew it's a seven-inning game. The fact that he threw a no-hitter, seven, should not, he should not be penalized for it. Oh, we're not going to count it. Well, what are you going to count it as? If seven, he, seven he had no hit through seven. That's moronic. It's a no hitter. It's a no hitter. They no get a win in the win column. Exactly. And you know, you don't and want the to call it. Say, you, know, you know, we'll do it. the next time they come into town. We, we, it must be Jared. The most time that <laughs> the next time they come into town, we want to play another two innings, put Bumgarner out there, make everybody happy. Right. But, so do you think that's? But really I'm Jared telling you, calling? I'm telling you right now that that should count. It should count as a no hitter because it was a no hitter. Silly, what are they counting it as? Nothing, right? Right. Well, I don't know what they're counting it as, to be honest with you. It's the first unofficial seven innings. It's no seven innings of no hit ball, but it's not a no hitter. Okay, hit. I got it. I don't agree. Stay with me here because I'm going off the rails a little bit. It's really? not apples to apples, but <laughs> this is like the famous Raiders punter, Ray, Ray guy. guy, to me, right? Yes. Ray uh -huh. Guy, the greatest punter who ever lived. Yes spent decades not being in the hall of fame because he's quote unquote, just a punter. It's a position on the field. Don't so then don't play with a punter. If he doesn't count, there's no so, punting. So is DH. 
Exactly. That's the same way I feel and, about you. Know, and Ray Guy's in the Hall of Fame because, and if you look at his average, finally, punter, it was far less than the guys that led the league. And you know why? Because his whole game wasn't to kick the ball like to the point where he, it, like, you know, kick the coverage. His whole point was to kick the ball and hang time so everybody could get downfield to, to, to you know, get the, re- the receiving, the guy on the other team receiving the ball. They could get down and cover it. His hang time, he made hang time a stat. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is sometimes people will put it and there's no context given to positions. Well, his average wasn't as good as someone else's. Oh, you know what? Because he hit, <laughs> his whole game was hitting the ball in the air. Give you hang time. It was still good enough. Believe me. Anyway, I don't know we're on Ray guy, but, but we could do a football podcast. You want to do that? Do you think we could? You're a Jets guy though. I am. That's a Jets not real guy. football. Go Jets, baby. Go That's Jets. not real football. Who's your quarterback? Oh, you Jets? don't have a quarterback. Real football? <laughs> What's wrong with the Jets? I love the Jets. I mean, they're Who not very drafting. Good. I saw Super Bowl three. I should have just packed it in right there. <laughs> fifty years ago, and they're, they're not, they haven't shown me a lot in fifty years. So they got to. Uh, but maybe listen. Maybe the next fifty years they'll flourish. You know. <laughs> All right. While we're off topic, I want to stay off topic a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Sure. I heard a great conversation on the Michael K show last week. Mm-hmm. Um, had me yelling at the TV. So here was the question. Yeah. Who so, is the one player you wish you got to see have a full career without injury? Which is an amazing question, I think. Who asked that question, Kay? Um, Michael Kay brought it up and it lasted like, you know, you know how they have narratives yeah. that go throughout that yeah. weave in and out of the show? Yeah. It went the whole four hours or whatever wow. it was. I like that. Interesting. It's a good, it's a good question. Um, I say Sandy Colfax. Okay. When did, he, how old was he? Well, he had to leave the game. He was around 31, 30, 31, something like that when he left the game. Uh, but he had okay. to retire because he just physically was had just too many injuries and he couldn't, he couldn't go on. But, I mean, he had five years from 25 to 30 to where he was as dominant as any pitcher in the history of baseball. No one dominated more than this guy. And he was in his 30 years old. Think about that. Having, and look at his numbers. I mean, I don't have them in front of me because it was. I'm of, looking him up as you talk. Ambushed me with this question, but I would say Sandy Koufax, and I would say because I think he's the greatest pitcher that I ever saw in my lifetime. You're absolutely right. So I'm looking it up now. 30 was his last year in 1966. He was 30 years go, old. Go back and read. Just give me his one loss and his ERA and strikeouts and that kind of stuff each year. Go back five years and do that. I'll give you his last five years. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, 1962. He's 14 and seven with a 2.54. Led the right. league. He led the league all five years in the ERA. Okay. His last five years. Okay. Uh, in '63, he was 25 and five with a 1.88. This is ridiculous. 25 and five with a 1.88 ERA. How many strikeouts? Uh, 306. Three over. This is um, strikeouts. Okay, keep going. 11 shutouts. 11 and don't forget to no hitters. That he had about eight no hitters in his career. That many? Well, perfect games, no hitters, but seven or eight, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Nineteen and five with a one seven four. Nineteen and five. We couldn't get to twenty. No. What well, he made up for it the next year in nineteen sixty five. He was twenty six yeah. and eight with a two oh four. Twenty six and eight with a two oh four. Okay. Well, that's not. I'm not done. His best year might have been his last year. Twenty seven yeah. and nine with a one seven three. How many strikeouts? That's insane. How many strikeouts? His last year, 317. 317. Didn't he have a, a, a year where he had more than 350? 
350. Yeah, the right, the year right before that. Yeah, he had 382. 382 strikeouts. How many innings? We got all day. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> dance or something? Innings pitch. There it is. 335. <laughs> so he had 382 strikeouts at 335 innings. Yeah. That's insane. I don't, How did help me. 335 innings. Oh, you know what? Because everybody went deep in the game then. No, they, they didn't go to the bullpens and stuff. He would just pitch complete games. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because like over the weekend I was having a conversation with a couple guys and it was, I was surprised that nobody has 20 strikeouts anymore. You know, like the, a 20 yeah. strikeout game. Yeah. And then someone had to remind me and I was like, duh, it's because they go to the bullpen in the fifth inning. Well, the, the game has changed totally. I mean, the days of, you know, Roger Clemens and Kerry Wood and those guys doing, being able to do that. It's amazing. That, that, that's too, I saw, I saw, I didn't see them live. I mean, I saw, it wasn't like now where you could, uh, you have the MLB networks and you could, you know, you know, get the packages and you could watch all the games and do whatever you get the alerts. It's too bad because I did see the tail end of Kerry Woods, a 20 strikeout game. I did see Roger Clemens. I did not see his, I, I think Clemens may have, did Clemens do it twice or he did it once? I, I know he did it obviously at least once. I, I thought something tells me he may have done it twice. I'm not really sure though. Terms of 20 strikeouts in a game. That's amazing though. What, what a number. But going back to Sandy Colfax for a minute, incredible. That's as good as it gets. I mean, that's why you, at age 30, I mean, he got in the Hall of Fame and he was the first ballot Hall of Famer. Look at yeah. those numbers. You see that, 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 you know, they don't make pictures like that anymore. They just don't. That's what, yeah, I imagine? didn't realize. Couldn't have so, five years. You know, say he still stays in his prime, 30 to 35. 35, he starts to dip, right? So let's say he goes five more years. You imagine what those five years could have been like, judging what the five before it were like. But what I don't understand, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I didn't get to see him play. Yes, is younger, why? Why? What, what, what was the injury? <laughs> yeah, why was that? why wasn't I born earlier? Yeah. Oh, well, I can't. I can't talk to your parents. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I wasn't around. What do I know? What was the injury? What? What? Because he was on top of the game, and then all of a sudden. You know, it had something to do. I'm trying to re recall. Yeah, something. He lost feeling. He lost feeling in his fingers, and he was. He had, so, he had a circulation issue, among other things. If, if I recall right, I could be incorrect, uh, but I, I know he had. I know he had problems. I know he had. I think it was circulation problems that forced him to quit. I'm googling. Okay. I'm googling. We'll find out. By the way, did you're right. Stucco had a baby. His family, had, his wife had a baby. Yeah. Congratulations to Matt Stucco, our producer. Yes. Had a baby. And Had a baby. It's a boy. And he's home now diligently while doing nothing while his wife takes care of the kid. <laughs> What's the baby's name? It's a boy, right? A boy. I believe it's Miles. That's the name of the baby, Miles? I believe so. Oh, interesting name. Miles Stucco. I like that. Miles Stucco. Yeah. I mean, John would have been nice. John Stucco. That's a nice name. Or Kevin Stucco. Kevin Stucco. That's nice. Who's filling into Audrey? We have Audrey today, right? Audrey Santos. Yeah. Say hi, Audrey. Say hi. Audrey. Hello. <laughs> Audrey, who has uh, produced many episodes for us in the past, yes. but it's been a while. It's been at least a year. Yep. Yes, she left it's us good from to be Mammoth back. Mountain. She left us from Mammoth Mountain, California. <laughs> yeah, like, some fresh air. Mammoth Mountain. Well, <laughs> it was either Audrey or Jason Marshall. I think we made the right pick. Uh, I'm I glad. Know about Jason Marshall. I totally forgot about it. 
All right. Can I answer the question that I asked? Yeah. Good. For me, it's, um, well, it's two people. Yeah. One, uh, Don Mattingly. Yeah. So imagine. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. A couple more years. Yeah. Although he was not going to have those. Yeah. Well, injury. Right. Because he was not the same player once he hurt his back. But had he stayed healthy and had a few more years, he was a Hall of Famer for sure. The last few years could have matched the some of the previous ones because he had some great years. Look at his his best years; they were they were awesome years. He needed a couple more because that would have been longevity. So he needed some longevity, which he didn't have because of the injuries. Right, I'll look him up. His power. What what for me is like everyone talks about Don Mattingly's numbers. Yes, are comparable to Kirby Puckett's numbers. Kirby's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. If if he if he being Don Mattingly stayed healthy. He probably wins a ring in 96. So now he has that ring. And now he's well, he a whole ring in 96. If he stayed yeah. healthy, I mean, yes, he would have won a ring in 96. Mm-hmm. I think but the only did. person who, go ahead. But he didn't. I mean, you know, he didn't have postseasons. He had one postseason. And he, he had okay in the one postseason. He was in in 95, but that was it. I mean, he, so he didn't really have the postseasons to do it. Look, he's just, yes, it, sometimes you're right. Sometimes when you do the comp games, why is so-and-so in, so-and-so not in? You can do those arguments all day long. You got to remember something about the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is, I mean, it's a great thing. And I don't mean to mitigate it in any way. I'm trying, I'm honestly from bummer, I'm not trying to mitigate it. But, it, you know, it's a museum. Okay. And, you know, and sometimes some decisions to get made that, that some of the people that get in, you know, it's, it's, it depends on the year. Like some year the ballot is lean, right? There aren't that many Hall of Fame worthy, you know, really sh- like uh, no brainer candidates on a ballot. Other years, there's way too many. So it's really hard sometimes to make that assessment. And some years you get lucky in that there's less competition on a ballot. You have to go back to be fair. You have to go back to see how many players are on a ballot in any given year. Sometimes the ballot is loaded you know, or guys are coming off. Like they're, they've got 10 years of eligibility and like they're, 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 they're worthy, but they're like in year eight or year nine or year 10. And you almost have to put them in. They did it this year. They did it the last time with, with I forget who it was who got in, um, who got in last time. It was, uh, uh, he just he just snuck in under the wire. It was his tenth year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll Google. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember now. But I but there's a case where you know he should have been in. He's a good, really good player who got in, and um, it just took the year ten. But if they didn't vote him in then. They, they and everybody was aware of it that he wouldn't have gotten in, and they didn't want they didn't want to stiff him. They wanted to make sure he got in. But there's a lot of that that goes on. So the Hall of Fame is. I mean, I, listen, it's a great thing. I mean, anybody who's not been should go. It's a great experience. You love the game. You will be immersed in it. It's a wonderful place to be. And, you know, and, and again, no, no, no institution, nothing is perfect. Okay. Some of the balloting, there's, you know, uh, there's different committees. There's this, there's old timers, there's all kinds of things that go on. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it could skew how somebody gets in. Some one player gets in and others don't. Right. Can I give you another name? Yeah. Uh, and he's in the hall of fame. So you yeah. really shouldn't cry for him because he had injuries, but yeah. um, Mickey Mantle. Uh, yes. Many oh, say yeah. he tore. Oh my God! Yes, that's that's right? good. That's a great example. Great example. Yes, he could right. have been the best ever. He could have been. He not stepped in that drain. Right. Then that killed he, him. But he was 19 years old. That was his rookie year. No, had he stayed healthy, you know, again, had he stayed healthy, he had so many injuries, Mickey, so many injuries. Had he stayed healthy, he would have been. He would. He might have been the greatest player of all time. That's what I think. And a lot of people say that he tore his ACL that day and he just played, just kept playing. 
Yeah, that was different. You know, they, they, then they used to put dirt on it. You know, here, put some dirt on, you'll be okay. You know, <laughs> different mentality. I mean, different. But, uh, but yeah, Mickey Mantle was a, was a great player. I mean, I I had the privilege of watching him in his prime. I mean, I was I mean, I was much younger. I mean, I'm a little kid to be honest with you. But I but I did but I was very impressionable, and I spent a lot of time watching baseball games. Way too much time of my life was devoted to baseball games as opposed to other pursuits. So I got a chance to see a lot of Mickey Mantle. And I saw Roger Maris. My love. Roger Maris was my favorite player ever. Roger was. But but Mickey was a hell of a player. A hell of a player. Larry Walker is the name you're thinking Larry of. Larry right? Walker. That's where I was I was blanking. Thank you very much. Larry Walker. Got in his 10th year of eligibility was last year. That's, thank you for clearing that up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other names, I think. Uh, you brought up Kerry Wood. He would have been great if he. Yeah, Kerry Wood was really good. Was really uh, good. He was dominant, man. Bo Jackson, obviously. Bo Jackson was was the might have been the the greatest athlete. I'm not saying he's the greatest player. He's the greatest athlete because he did stuff athletically that I never saw anybody do. I never saw anybody flat footed on a warning track some throw somebody out of home plate. He did it. Right. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, so his athleticism. His arm, his speed, his power. I mean, the, the home run, I, I worked on this All-Star game, so I remember that was the producer. But when he hit an arm, that ball is still going. It's still going. <laughs> I mean, his power was, he had power, he had speed. He had, the, 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 you know, he was a really good defensive player. He didn't have any holes. Struck out a little too much. But but uh, considering, I mean, from, from an athlete's from an athletic standpoint, he was the best player. But in terms of his overall performance, he was terrific. He was a really good player. I'm going to say two more names, then we'll move yeah. on because we've been yeah. we've been on this. Um, Yankees fans aren't going to like either one of these. Greg Bird, um, and then the second name. It's and it's probably not even an injury, but this name still my blood still boils. Brian Taylor. Well, but see, we never had a chance to find out though about Brian Taylor. I know. I, I know. never got a chance to pitch on. in the big leagues. I mean, because he got hurt in the minors in a bar fight. Right, it's in a bar yeah. fight. Right. Yeah, that was like in the early '90s. He's yeah. number one pick. So put in context, Kev. First pick uh, overall yeah. for the Yankees in the 1991 draft, a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I forget if he was righty or lefty, but either way, righty, he was a righty. He, he was righty. a righty. Um, got hurt in a bar fight and was never the same. First pick overall. Shoulder out, and that was that. But uh, it was I, too bad. He was a great player. I mean, he potentially could have been a great pitcher, but you didn't get the chance. You know, I think he's one he, of – do that. You know? One of only three players who have been drafted first overall that yeah. didn't play in the bigs. By the Yankees? Or the first pick no, of the draft? Ever. Ever. Any baseball player, if you're picked 1-1, yeah. you're yeah. going to make it. Only three but players didn't. First pick in the entire draft? Yeah. Okay. One of only three. Wow. I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good I don't player. know who the others ones. I don't know who the well, others are. Let's get back to the now. Yankees. Well, you better find the answer before we go off. We're going to stay here for five hours till you find the answer. Right. You can't do I'll, that. I'm going to tee you up. Close. I'll tee you up for something to yeah. talk about, and then yeah, I'll yeah. go. While you, while you do the research, what's, what am I going to talk about? You're going to talk about, and this is probably the most important question of the day. Yeah. <sighs> Does Mike Ford have the best Yankees mustache you've ever seen? No, it's Jason Giambi esque. What you like that? That impressed you? That mustache? It yeah, did. I like it a lot. I think it's one of the best I've seen. Uh, I mean, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. It's no Brendan Ryan. Remember his handlebar? Oh yeah, that he had great. That was the greatest mustache ever. <laughs> Brendan Ryan's. That's good. That's a good name. Good. That's good recall, Kevin. Good job by you. Um, <laughs> no, that is. That's that's good recall. 
That's very good. That shows you that your mind is still working despite what people around here think. I mean, the fact that your mind <laughs> What does that mean? I have to enjoy your own conclusions. I mean, but uh, I'm just telling you, I mean, the fact that that's really pulling one out. Good for you. All right, let's go. Let's be serious. Speaking of first base, yeah, yeah. Um, last week, I want to I want to compliment you. Last time we spoke, yeah. um, I was way too soon asking you, OK, what do the Yankees do when Luke Voigt comes back? Meaning what happens to Jay Bruce when Luke Voigt comes back? And credit to you, you said these things have a way of figuring themselves out. And guess what? It figured itself out. <laughs> it it yes. Were you well, surprised? Okay. No. I mean, he wasn't hitting. He, I mean, look, he wasn't there as a defensive wizard. He was there for his bat and to have a lefty bat in that stadium. And the fact that he just wasn't getting it done. I mean, listen, he had a nice career, Jay Bruce. We don't have to hold any testimonials for him. He, he's, and he's a good guy. He's in way over porch. He's a good guy. I don't know him, but I've heard he's a good guy. And, you know, he had a nice career. He did. So the fact that at the end he was struggling, couldn't really hit. And the Yankees got a chance to get Odor, which gives them a really potent. Odor is a, is a nice pickup. Odor can hit, and he's, he's a lefty bat in that stadium, which, as I say all the time, particularly in the postseason, you're going to need those lefty bats. You just are. When you place those dominant righties, you need a lefty bat. You need a couple of them. So I think that, that that's a good play by the Yankees. It was, they didn't have to they have to pay the money. They didn't have to do anything. They just sort of had to – there, they could just they pick them up. Was, so any time you make an acquisition like that, it's great. The only thing it cost you was a roster spot. That's what it cost you. So, yeah, but good job by the Yankees in getting him and good job by Odor. Odor is a solid player. But to go back to your question, uh, that's, yes, that's true. They they had to cut somebody and and the person wound up retiring with quotes around it. But uh, but it's not, I shouldn't say quotes around it. He was ready to retire and he did. So I'm happy for Jay Bruce and I'm happy for the Yankees. I think the Yankees made a good move in doing that. Some would say that the shift forced Jay Bruce into retirement. Forced a lot of players into uh <laughs> <laughs> retirement uh yeah that's what i mean there's a lot of thoughts now about outlawing the shift i want to get to that let yeah. me give you this number real quick yeah i think it was he lost 107 points off his pull side batting average once they started shifting on him 107 that's a ton and then i think it was sports illustrated compared did his numbers as is you know he compares to i think dan ugla and then if there was no shift he compares to andre dawson Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, if there was no shift. Dan Ugla is not a Hall of Famer? I guess not. No. <laughs> no, he's not. No. Don't, don't go there. No, he's not. No. A couple of good years, though. Oh, yeah. So where are you on the shift? Ban it? Well, it depends on what you, if it's me, I prefer working days to nights. I don't want to work any night shifts at my age. I think it's better to play in the day. In You're in the wrong of, business. In terms of baseball, um, That's an interesting question. I mean, a lot of fans are going to say get rid of it because it, you know, it takes the offense, a lot of the offense out of the game. It does. It really does. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's somebody thought it's part of the game. I'm sorry. It's part of the game. And if you say, you know, now we're going to start legislating, you could always have so many infielders over here and so many outfielders over here and so many, I mean, uh, for the sake of, because we need to score more runs in the game. Because, uh, you know, guys aren't hitting as many home runs this year as they did a year ago. I mean, we could play this game forever. You know, we can't, Kev. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm not a fan of the shift, but yet out of principle, I think it should stay. If that makes any sense. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, I, I'm torn. Let's just start there. I'm torn. Um, I think if we want to see more action, which I think baseball does, yeah. then you have to ban it. Um, yeah. 
you know, I'm still, it's 2021 and I'm still, every time I see a ground ball up the middle, I think it's a base hit. And then there's always someone there to gobble it up. Um, and that upsets me. Uh, the one thing I would say right now, though, yeah. if I, if I was commissioner, I'd get rid of the, you can't have four outfielders. That seems ridiculous. Like Jay Bruce saw four outfielders every time he got up for the Yankees. Okay. So, so you're upset about four outfielders, but you're not upset about the whole infield being stacked except one guy to the to the, the right side. I'm trying to be Switzerland. I'm a little, you know, I'm in the middle. <laughs> okay. I'm torn. Uh, uh, we're trying to get past it for the sake of all of us. So we're not gonna, yeah, we're not gonna solve the shift problem here. No, I, don't um, think so. I mean, I, but I, I understand why baseball would want to almost legislate that stuff away. I get it. But I think the fact that it's in there and it's been in there and I think it has changed the game. Um, and, you know, I was I was at a point where the, to me, there were, way, there were too many runs being scored at one point in the game. So, I mean, the offense was of all teams was ridiculous. So to try to get that under control, the, the shift was a way to mitigate a lot of it. And that brought things down to a reasonable number. So, look, this is this is adding and subtraction. This is playing a lot of games to get to a certain point that uh, uh, perception could even itself out. I suppose I, I don't know. Uh, I, I could told you I, I I think there's reasons for it to play it, and I, I applaud it on some levels. Other levels, it's, it's impossible, and it really does hurt the game offensively. And the game is really challenged because of the shift. There are things I like about it, things I don't like about it. So at the end of the day, I, but I don't think I dislike it enough to pull it out. That's where my head's at. You're on record. I have some good news. I don't know if you saw it yet. Almost done with the podcast. What kind of news? Are you kidding me? This is your favorite part of the week. Well, that shows you what my rest of the week is like. Um, no, I really like my job. I like the rest of the week. I like the podcast. I do very much. I, I and I, I thank you. I, I, somebody wrote it. Somebody wrote it. They were upset with us. We got four stars instead of five because we're not on enough. And I thought about that and I said, you know, that's a little harsh, but I do get it and because we're not, sometimes we're not on every week. Sometimes we may go two weeks without us. So we, we've been striving, you and I, we've been striving to get on at least once a week now. Yeah. It's hard when, you know, the day job gets in the way. Well, mine does. I don't know about yours, but mine certainly <laughs> gets in the way. I mean, you're up in Mammoth Mountain skiing with what's her name? You know, Audrey. I mean, so you guys, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, isn't that I in California? Yeah, of course it is. Beautiful out there. I'm Audrey, in Connecticut. So, so what's your point? I'm not skiing. And Audrey's in Mammoth Mountain in California. What's your point? That we're not skiing together. Oh, well, that's not what I heard. But it's okay for her to ski. She's, look, she's good. She's very, you ski, don't you, Audrey? Yes or no? Yeah, I ski. So, don't pay your party, Audrey. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I ski. Okay. I ski. Okay. <laughs> That's enough, Audrey. Be quiet over there. All right, so, <laughs> all right, what do you do? What do you do? You, you don't ski? Who, me? No. Yes. I don't do anything. Apparently. I don't apparently. leave this room. Well, you know, look, COVID's going to be behind us soon, thankfully. You know, thank God for that. Uh, it looks well, like, I mean, in certain places, obviously, it's not, but in, in this country, it's starting to ebb, which is good. And well, that's my point. Works, you know, that's nice. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I have good news. You guys don't are derailing. My podcast, too. Don't yell at me. I mean, you can just <laughs> politely say something, scream at me. I mean, just be on. I started by saying I have good news, and you totally derailed it. I'm sorry. I, 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 what's your good news, Kev? Tell me. Did you, you see that? Um, I think that it's 33% that New York stadiums could get up to pretty soon. That, that's awesome. 
33%. That'll be nice. We're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Needle's going the right way. So that's my good news. You kind of. That's it. You kind of, kind of deflated it. Percent of your car insurance or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Going back to Mike Ford. Did you ever have a mustache? I did. Do you have any photos of it? Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah, yeah. Send me a photo and we'll put it I'll on. Go get it. It's in the other room. You want me to go at get Curtain it? Call Yes. No, no, no. Just send it to me and we'll tweet it out at Curtain Call Yes. Do you want? I, I, I could know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll have my wife. If she's still talking to me, I'll have her. Yeah, <laughs> the mustache. You'll like it. It's, it's entertaining. If nothing else, you'll be entertained by it. But okay. Was it Mike Ford esque? It was. It was cheesy. My 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 mustache was cheesy. Okay. But Johnny's right. was a little cheesy. Yeah. But it looked good. I don't know if it looked good. It was cheesy. I mean, that, that's why I think the Yankees have the right idea with the facial hair, but you know, that's their policy. Yeah. I, I prefer a cheesy mustache. Like, I don't count, like, Gidry's and Mattingly's because those were, like, normal mustaches, and they were in style at the time. Right. They were. Like, you're really going out on a limb when you go Mike Ford and Giambi. I thought that was great. Um you know what we failed to do was tell people to rate, review, and subscribe. But we didn't tell them our names. Tell I'm Kevin Sullivan, are. alongside, as always, Mr. John J. Filippelli, Sports Broadcasting Hall of Famer. How are you today, Flip? I'm good. As, as we're ready to sign off, I'm good, Kev. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> uh, so, okay, so and, and, and Audrey Santos is with us. Yes, producer that's slash right. editor. That's right. So we give her pop, so she gets credit, which is good, and she's yep. working hard and. You know, and uh, and we get we'll get Stucco's back soon, right? Stucco? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's on paternity leave. Yep. Okay. Poor baby. <laughs> poor so, real yeah. quick before we leave, you're saying five and two over the next seven games. Yeah, they go five and two. Orioles. Five hundred, right? The right. Like okay. Fourteen and fourteen. And that's just to be different, I'll then say the, six and one. Okay, so then that that's six to one, half dozen the other. I mean, if you play that well. Uh, that would be great for you because that's what they need to do. Then that ship will get righted, I think. And uh, the Yankees need to, you know, they got to find their way. You know, let's face it, they do. I mean, there's a lot of things they have to do that they haven't really done yet, and they, but they're going to do them. If you're going to tell me you think that team is not going to hit, I'm going to tell you you're crazy. They're going to hit. It's, it's way too many plays that that team could hit for them not to hit. You know, the, the things that the things that the things that you really worry about to me is starting pitching because the Yankees have to write that. They have to figure that out. And whether that's the kids, the couple of kids in that pipeline that we just talked about, I think they can help tremendously, obviously. And, uh, you know, and then and obviously getting Severino back could help them be, be a great lift for them. That's the player that you get at the all-star break that you, you're thrilled to get in a trade or for some reason it falls to you when you make that deal. The Yankees don't have to make that deal. They just need him to come back. He comes back. The Yankees are going to be a different starting pitching thing because the bullpen is solid. And like I said, you, I really think you can move the wise into starting rotation. I think he's been that good and he's been that impressive. You know, you just have to stretch him out. Yeah, they'll be fine there. Like you said, Sebi is like a trade. Michael King's going well. Yeah, Pair that with Cole. I'm not concerned. How about we land this thing? Is there anything else we need to talk about before we go? Um. I don't think so. Take your time. I got all day. Well, nothing else, right? <laughs> Am I missing something? I do have a meeting about five minutes ago. I already got texted. Oh, you Where are you? Meeting, so that's why you yeah. want to spend. Yeah, kind of. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you very much. Uh, in the words of Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane, so let's land the plane. Uh, when will the audience get a chance to, the, the privilege of, it was this uh, oracle the, of wisdom again. 
They're listening. Oh, like when's our next episode? Yes. Let's do it um, right after the Tiger series. All right. So right after the Tiger series, when the Yankees will be 500 or better, according to these, these two geniuses here, you and I, um, then again, 500 is your launch. You got to hit 500 before you can think about anything else. They, gotta, they hit 500, then we get another conversation. There's a different situation. So, okay, let's hope that that's the case. And then, uh, so thank you all for being with us. And I guess there's nothing else in Yankee Land we can discuss at this moment. So it's time to land the plane and off we go. Goodbye. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening and supporting us. We love you. Thank you. Thank you.